You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now... Ready, set, let the sparks fly. And today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about, well, a number of things. We're a, uh, a mission here, if you will, that we hold these truths, and we're not a church. And so we, as members of We Hold These Truths, are followers of Jesus. And being a follower of Jesus, we all have different understandings of the Bible, and so we have differences. And we have a special guest with us today, but... We'd like to frame this and step back and kind of look at the picture. Christianity is a pretty easy to understand, you know, way of life. It's difficult for people to understand it. Well, let's just give the basics right here, and it's found in the book of John. I want to read John 3:16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe him is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come to the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So that's pretty straightforward, but uh, understanding that, grasping that, all the nuances of it is a very difficult thing for a lot of people. And, of course, the human element comes into all this, and we all like to think we're so smart. And what I'd like to say before we get into this, when humans who have a finite mind try to understand an infinite mind that God has, there's going to be some spillage. And so we see some disastrous spillage, if you will. And our mission at We Hold These Truths is to wake up our fellow Christians to the dangers of what we call Christian Zionism. We're trying to get our fellow Christians to follow what Jesus taught us. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And love your neighbor as yourself. Even love your enemy. These are very easy concepts that uh, are embraced by people that aren't, they're not even Christians. And we have people that like our mission who are atheists, who are Jewish, who are Muslims. And so we are not ashamed that we are followers of Jesus Christ. But we all have differences of opinion on theology and so forth. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're real uh, glad to have with us Mark Horton, who leads our Bible study, and if you've not heard one of our Bible studies, go to our site, and and, uh, we have a a wide variety. 
Mark is a lay leader. He's not been trained in any seminary, but he's a diligent student of the Bible. And the studies are very, very interesting, I think, very, very thorough. And we're also very fortunate to have with us Joe Ortiz. Now, Joe's a friend of ours. He's not really a member of We Hold These Truths, but he's been following our mission for a number of years, and we're really on the same path. Joe is the um, author of the uh, End Times Passover, and we'll talk a little bit about that today, and we'll have a link on the site if you care to look into his book. And we also have Chuck Carlson, the founder of We Hold These Truths here. We have Craig Hansen, one of our members uh, from the Bay Area, who actually came out of, uh, of, of, out of Christian Zionism, and he's been delivered. And we're so glad that he's been with us. He's led vigils in and around the Bay Area, even one-man vigils, and you can hear those on one of our podcasts. So anyway, welcome, Joe, to our program. We're glad you join us tonight. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, we like to be challenged here at We Hold These Truths. And so Joe had uh, had some questions of Mark. And there's differences. We at we hold these truths don't like to be identified as an ist. I mean, there's dispensationalists. There's all kinds of ists. We want to be known as followers of Jesus Christ. And there is a gamut of understanding. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that we should be looking for the truth, standing up for the truth, and following what Jesus taught us. And so with that, We'll delve into some of these differences and what we're fighting, really, I guess you might say, is are trying to wake people up about the dangers of what we call Christian Zionism or uh, dispensationalism on steroids, as it can be uh, <laughs> described. But, Joe, you That's might a talk a little about, about your journey discovering Christian Zionism or dispensation. Well, let me just give you uh, let me just give you a brief uh, testimony, and I won't go into any lengthy thing. But uh, I was born and raised a Catholic, and uh, I attended church until I was about thirteen, and then I left because of a corrupt priest was messing around with some of my friends and all that. So I just got totally turned off of the church. And I didn't return back until about almost twenty years later. And that's when uh, when I was probably drinking too much and partying too much and whatever. And I said, if there really is a God, you know, show me. So God got a hold of me and turned me around. And on January 5th, 1975, I accepted the Lord. And ever since then, been studying his word. I was brought into assemblies of God. And, and uh, they're the ones that preached the whole pre-tribulation rapture to heaven and uh matter of fact the whole Zionism dogma is perpetrated very, very much so by the Assemblies of God. And uh I started asking some questions after reading a lot of material about the the rapture and all that. And I said, you know, some of this stuff just doesn't make any sense. You know, Hell is he says this and Tim Lehay says that. But when I turn around and I look at the Bible it's exactly the opposite. So uh, I started doing some study in this and then it took me about 20 years to write the books. I uh, it took that long because I wanted to make sure that I had checked every angle. I did. I 
got my scripture correct, and I went and double-checked and double-checked, and I checked with friends of mine. I said, would you read this and tell me what you think? And so I didn't just turn around and say, like, I've got a particular idea or i got a particular vision or whatever. I just diligently, as a news reporter, which I was at that time, I just wanted to find out the truth. So I started checking this and checking that out, and a lot of stuff just didn't make any sense. In the last five or six years especially, what I've been doing, after I've published the books and put them out there on the Internet, gave them away for the first two or three years, a buddy of mine said, well, why don't you get it published, you know? I said, well, I don't want to make any money. I just want to share this information with uh, with my fellow brothers and sisters because they don't know it, but they're going to be in for a lot of persecution here, you know, the closer we get to the return of Jesus. And so he said, yeah, but if you publish it, you'll probably reach more people and all that. So I published it, put it on the Internet. I became handicapped about 15 years ago. So what I do throughout the whole day is, you know, fellowship with fellow Christians. Uh, I have uh, three blogs, two websites, and I get as much information as I can. And uh, I know that WIT is one of my favorite uh, ministries. I'm always promoting them. When I get the great articles from there, I turn around and I republish them or repost them or forward them to friends and so forth. So I try to do anything and everything that I can do to get the word out. Now, one of the things that I found out, you know, later on in life is that, you know, after the snake had fooled Eve and made him eat the apple or whatever, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God cursed him and said, you know what, you're going to step on your head and uh, you're going to be cursed, you're going to be groveling around the ground and all that. Well, ever since that day, the devil has made it a point to lie and cheat and confuse Christians. He's done it throughout the whole Bible. He's doing it today, and he'll use anything and every method that he can. Zionism is probably one of the biggest deceitful ploys ever been launched by man. And when Christ died on the cross, he won the victory, and he freed mankind. Ever since then, the Satan has been trying to get back the power that he had before over all the masses. So guess what? He's not just sitting back there while we're going over here jumping for joy and saying hallelujah, we're safe. He is using every sneaky trick in the book to confuse and put a big division between Christians themselves, cause a lot of debates and battles and confuses them and everything else. And so what we have here is a real big mishmash of people saying, well, I am of this I'm a pre-tripper, I'm a mid-tripper, I'm a post-tripper, I'm a amillennialist, I'm a premillennialist and all that. And there are more divisions among Christianity than there is in any other religion in the world. So what I'm trying to do, along with you folks, is turn around and clear up some heads and bring some people together so they can get the information to recognize how they're being played for fools. Well, how do we connect with your book? Listen, all you have to do is just type in there, the end times Passover, and my name will pop up about a thousand times. My publisher said, you know, Joe, we have to publish this into two books because there is so much information there. So we did. The title of the first 15 chapters are The End Times Passover. And the subsequent title underneath there is An Etymological Challenge Against Millenarian Doctrines. Now, wow. the next 12 chapters... We put it in a book, and we published that under 
why Christians will suffer great tribulation. Now, a lot of people don't like the sound of that. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians, the closer we get to the return of Jesus, they're going to be put under so much pressure, and some of them are going to unfortunately acquiesce to the pressure. They'll find themselves accepting the mark of the beast or whatever, because they're going to be more concerned about food and buying and living and etc. And uh, even the preppers won't be able to get away with stuff because, you know, it's going to turn into a very, very ugly mess. However, Jesus has assured us that as long as we stay faithful to him, that he will protect us. You mentioned the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye. Hasn't that given the notion that, People are going to be raptured out, and they're, they're not going to have any anything to worry about. Well, that's exactly what I was just going to say right now. The, the problem is a lot of people are placing their hopes on the rapture being taken out of here so they can't suffer any of the persecution. Well, there's two things about that. First of all, they are taking away the glory away from God. What makes these people think that God has to take people out of the earth in order to protect them? Look, at that's what he's done throughout the entire course of history. He protected Noah, put him in an ark. He protected Gideon. He protected Daniel. He protected all these people when they were under the worst situations they could be with. He protected them. He did not take them out. What about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? These three young kids were thrown into a furnace, and what happened? The guys that threw them into the furnace are the ones that burned, but the three kids fell into the furnace, and they looked down there, Nebuchadnezzar looked down there and said, Whoa, look, I see this person that looks like the man is a, the, the son of man, you know, with these kids, and these kids didn't even burn. So why do people insist that God has to take you out of earth in order to protect you? He's been protecting us throughout history, but yet, a lot of these people who are a little squeamish or whatever is it, well, God couldn't leave us here even during his wrath. Well, why not? Look at Psalm 91. What does he say? He says, you will see the missiles coming down and killing the people to the left of you, killing the people to the right of you, but none of them will touch you. You will see me punishing them. So, you know, first of all, God can protect his children at the same time that he pours out his wrath on the unbelievers. So the other aspect, Joe, of, you know, we as followers of Christ all have been given different abilities. And so we need to be using those abilities to our uh, best of our abilities and not worry because use this expression, it's it's an old one. You've got some of these people, for example, that are worried about uh, they're thinking that the rapture, there's a rapture that's going to take them out. They're heaven-minded, but they're no earthly good. And so they're not really doing the work uh, that Jesus has commissioned us as followers of Christ. Whatever well, that's it's funny because when when, one, of, one of the chapters in my book, Chapter 10, is called Heavenly-Minded. And I go into yeah. this very, very deeply to show people, I mean, exhaustively, I, to show people why God does not need to take us to heaven, Okay. And I won't go into it right now because then it would be too much to to absorb. You actually have to read the book. Every detail that you are concerned about, I covered every topic, every every claim 
that people who were supporting the pre-trib rapture, every one of them claims that they paid, I was able to provide scripture verses that turns around and rebukes their stance. Every single one of them. So in other words, it's not my opinion. It's not my conjecture. It's not my suggestion. I turn around and I found the word of God that contradicts what they say, and I put it there, and then people can make up their own mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to give you a link to both of Joe's books and make up your own mind. Everybody who has read this book so far has not been able to refute it. They have come back and they said, Joe, thank you for giving me this information. I did. Oh, I did look at this. And the problem is people spend too much time listening to other preachers and other pastors and teachers, and I'm not trying to get into other people's business with their teaching, but the fact is if they're not teaching in God's word, then I don't have any problem with that. And I sat there and I've had debates throughout the last 15, 20 years to the point that I don't even discuss uh, this issue with people anymore because it's just too exhausting. I'm 75 years old. I spent the last 25 years on this effort, and, you know, my health is, is worsening. I could be gone any day now, but if I can turn around and help one person turn around and draw closer to God and trust God for his salvation, trust God for his rescue from the end times hell that we're going to see in the air on the horizon, then uh, I, I can look at God in the face when he returns and have him say, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, I'm interested to read the book uh, because it sounds a lot like what I've, uh, you know, discovered in my studies as well. But let me say this. When I started this back in 1984, I started writing it in 1984. For the most part, I was finished by the 1986. But I took the next 20 years to go over and over and over and over everything that I wrote to make sure I did. I dotted every I and jot and vote. There was only one person out there. I used to go to the Bible bookstore looking for material that was almost identical to mine or whatever, and I, I just couldn't find anybody. As a matter of fact, when I turned around, I said that there's not going to be a pre-trib rapture. People looked at me with scorn. And when I finally got onto the Internet and everything else, people said that I was a blasphemer, a heretic, and you name it. There was one guy out there, it was a well-known author by the name of Dave McPherson, who had written uh, The Late Great Tribulation Rapture. And uh, this book wasn't like mine, but he was able to do a study of how the rapture idea first started back in the 1830s, John Darby and all these people and all that. So I wrote to him. I said, I've got this book here. He said, would you please look at it and give me your opinion? Well, he said he was blown away. I mean, he says, man, I've never seen anything like this. You covered every single every single area that people might have a concern. I sent it to uh, Ralph Woodrow. I mean, he was blown away. I sent it to Rick Wiles. He was blown away. I, I got reviews that I can send you on this. As I said, I'm not boasting here that I got a higher intellect than anybody else. I'm just saying that I was honest to the Word of God. I wanted to trust solely the Word of God, not what people said was with the Word of God. What was really written down in the original manuscript? I went down there, looked into uh, Greek and Hebrew dictionaries that were written back in the early 1800s, 
What did these people have to say about those particular words? I found out that they had a greater and a deeper meaning, and so I started putting all these things together, and all I did, as I said, was pack the dots. I didn't come up with a new theory. I did not come up with a new paradigm or whatever it is. All I did is put the, the all this information together, connected the dots, and put it out there. It's receiving a lot of responses by the same token. I am being attacked by the Zionists, the Christian Zionists, like you would not believe. They don't want this information to get out. Well, yes, I, we we understand that very much, Joe. <laughs> and uh, we uh, really appreciate your efforts because what's happened today in today's church, people love to have their ears tickled and with things like uh, <laughs> exactly. the Left Behind series. And so challenging them theologically is really wonderful, and we commend you for what you've done. If you knew what Jesus knows about my former life when I was out in the world, You'd be the most grateful person in the world because he picked up a, a, a jerk like me, dusted me off, and put me back into the front lines. And uh, I, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful to be his his son. And, and I love my fellow brothers and sisters. If there's anything I can do to help them become more aware towards the end times as we're seeing to get closer and closer, to, we've got to get we've got to get closer to Jesus. And trust him for everything. And to do that means giving up a lot of the lifestyles that they're living today. And so I tell these people, I say, you know what? It's either now or else you're going to be caught. Because many will be saying like, whoa, 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 Lord, let me in, let me in. Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Didn't I do this? And Jesus says, hey, I don't know you. James 1, 26, 27 is one of my favorite verses. It says, what God sees as true religion is to take care of the widows, the orphans, and the infirm. He says that's true religion. If people would get away from uh, getting involved in all this UFO talk and Nephilim and all this paranormal stuff and everything else and, and what this one person discovered and all this so-called false prophecy that's being put out there, just focus on taking care of your next-door neighbor, help him with a meal or whatever he needs. You're doing God's work much more than sitting in the pew, you know, saying royal hallelujahs. You know, what a great feeling I have because I went to this great, huge uh, evangelistic crusade and, I, and people were jumping up and down and bouncing off of each other's walls or whatever it is. You know, God just wants you to get down there, love your neighbor, take care of them, and, and that's all they need to think about and forget all the other stuff. Well, great. That's a that's a great testimony, uh, uh, Joe. And thanks so much for uh, joining. And Joe, I want to I want to uh, add my thanks. This is Chuck. And uh, if I if I was lucky enough to get the room next door in heaven, uh, the next to that little room you talked about, I wouldn't mind at all. Thanks very much. But I just want to say, first of all, to Chuck, I admire you, my friend. The guts and and the courage that you have demonstrated. Uh, you know, throughout the last 10, 15 years that I know of, I said, you're, 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 you're earning your rewards in heaven, my friend. And I just admire what you're doing and what you guys are doing out there in the streets, confronting the John Hagees of the world directly, you know, front, frontal attack. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I admire you. I tell people, I refer people to your, your website all the time. And I, I wish I was strong enough to get out there in the, with the street sign in the streets with you, but uh, I can barely walk right now. But uh, my hat's off to you, my friend. You are doing 
a magnificent job for the Lord. Thanks. You're, you're too kind. And uh, but we have good help, and we're trying. And so yeah. we will keep we will keep on trying, Joe. Thank you. Well, you'll you'll be rewarded because, as I said, nobody's trying to crack that door open. And the, the thing of it is, is the worst the worst fear that I have is Christian Zionism. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of you know Satan and all these other weirdos out there. I'm afraid of these Christian Zionists because they believe that they're doing God a favor. Yeah. And the time's going to time's going to come yeah. where they're going to come after us and try to kill some of us off. And they think they're going to be doing God a favor. And that's already written in the Bible. You know, so um, just hang in there. I know that God loves you guys. I know that he's protecting you. And uh, I just take my hat off, sir. Hans Laurendell has written a great book called about the Israel, the kingdom of God. Had I read this book when he published it back in 1983, I probably would have never written my book. But he he almost word for word confirms it. But it's a Hans, H-A-N-S, LaRondell, L-A-R-O-N-D-E-L-L-E. Google that name and get his book. It's it's a mind blower, okay? And there's another guy, too, N.T. Wright, Nathaniel Thomas Wright. He just recently wrote a book called Blessed by Hope, which he talks about this whole heavenly-minded issue that Christians have become involved with. And he clears up some stuff that you wouldn't believe it. It's almost like he took my my tenth chapter word for word and copied it and wrote the book himself. So that was very gratifying for me because it confirmed that I was on the right track. All of us, whether we have different ideologies as far as doctrine is concerned, the important thing is we love the Lord. We want to cling to Him as close as we can and and bring others out of the fire and and and, and turn them over to Christ. The bottom line is what we always say here, and it's all about Jesus. And right. the rest of the stuff, it's like, okay, we all have our different ideas on that, but the centrality of Christ is, is the message. Yeah. And that is exactly what Christian Zionism loses out on. They end up putting something else before Jesus. That yeah. is our difference with them. What comes right down to why we differ with them, why we don't fight with others, but we fight with them. That's the reason. Right. Even though they would deny it. But Israel's a roadblock for sure. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.